Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with a quiet talk to share with you today. Has anybody ever done you a favor and you knew they didn't just do it out of the goodness of their heart, but they had some selfish motive? I don't like that. Do you? Guess what? God doesn't like that either. When the day of judgment comes, it won't be just about the deeds we did, but also our thoughts and motivations. Romans 2.16 tells about the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. Those secrets include our thoughts and motives, why we did the things we did. Hebrews says that God's Word can discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Motivation is very important. The New Testament talks about faith and works. The two can't be separated since good works, works that please God, are always motivated by a living faith. But are all so-called good works motivated by faith? No, they aren't. There are those obvious examples like when a wealthy person makes a big show of giving a large amount of money to some charity. While I'm sure it's not always true, often these gifts are motivated by a desire for good publicity. Many people resent the rich, and the rich know it. So they make generous contributions to show that deep down they are really good people, and we should all admire them. Of course, I can't remember in my lifetime hearing of any rich person doing what Jesus told a certain rich man to do. He said to a wealthy inquirer, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. Do you know of a rich person who gave away some money so much that it seriously infringed on his lifestyle? Neither do I. That is not to say that there aren't many good things that have been accomplished by the gifts of rich people. But to God, all that matters is the motivation. Why did they do what they did? Now, if you think this talk is just about rich people, it isn't. Lots of folks do good works. They volunteer at the food bank. They may give a little to charity or even get involved in church work. Those are all good things to do. But again, motivation is what's important. What I'd like to discuss today is what I would call religious compensation. Of course, compensation means making up for something. There are many people who do good works to make up for something deep down that perhaps nobody knows about. Nobody except God, that is. Every person born into this world is endowed by God with a built-in sense of right and wrong. We call it conscience. In Romans 2, Paul referred to the Gentiles to whom the law of God was not given as it was to the Jews. He said, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves. Even though they do not have the law, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness." 
My wife and I look after two of our grandchildren three days a week, even at barely two years old. Henry will sometimes do something and then look at you to see what the reaction is going to be. That's conscience. God put it there. There is a right and wrong response to conscience, of course. The right response is confession and repentance. Proverbs 28.13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. As Proverbs says, covering up your sin is the wrong response. When we do not confess our sins, they fester deep within us and produce many harmful effects. King David famously sinned by committing adultery with Bathsheba and then covering it up by arranging for Bathsheba's husband to die in battle. He tried to cover his sin. Listen to what he said about that time between the sin and the ultimate confession of his sin. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Many, not all of course, but many physical infirmities are the result of unconfessed sin in people's lives. We were not designed to carry around a load of guilt. It's harmful to us in many ways. But instead of employing God's remedy, confession and repentance, people often try to compensate for their guilt by getting involved in good works. They think somehow that they can atone for their sin by doing admirable things like volunteering, helping the poor, and so forth. Now, let me say here that many, many people volunteer and do many good things simply out of a heart of gratitude and love for others. They don't expect to personally benefit other than from the joy that these activities bring. But the fact remains that there are individuals who try to somehow work off their sin by these efforts. This is not necessary. God has provided a remedy for our sin. Listen to these familiar words from James chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Of course, not all sickness is because of the sick person's personal sin. We live in a fallen world and everybody suffers on some level because of that. But according to this passage, sometimes sickness is related to to sin? And the answer is confession. Confess your sins to one another. Call for the elders. And 
If you have offended someone, go to them and confess your sin and ask for forgiveness. Jesus said, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. That gift you're seeking to offer may be some kind of service to others. But if there is something on your conscience, you need to take care of that first. Otherwise, your gift will be of no avail. Why should we not try compensating for our sins by good works? Because Jesus already compensated for our sin on the cross. Listen to these beautiful words from Hebrews chapter 9. The author is comparing the animal sacrifices that were ceremonially required by certain Old Testament rites with the offering once for all of the body of Jesus Christ for sin. He says, For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary opens the way for us to be cleansed of all sin. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Look to him today, confess your sin, and you will be made clean by his precious blood so that you may serve him and others with freedom and joy. Oh God, we thank you for the forgiveness of sin that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ in his wonderful name. Amen. My dear friend, I pray and ask that you will pray for us. I pray that you will pray for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, where we are seeking to plant this work in the Schenectady, New York area. We meet Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock at the American Legion Hall at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. And if you're in that area, you don't have a church home, we would love to meet you. Come and worship with us at 10 o'clock on Sunday. As always, you may reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.